0: Oh <laughs> This episode of Naked Men Talking, a podcast exploring naturism and the power of getting your clothes off. I'm Gareth Johnson. On today's episode, we're joined by Joel Someone. Joel is an award-winning performer, but he's not just a pretty face and a big dick. He's the thinking man's porn star, fueling our fantasies on every level. Joel, welcome.
1: Hi, how are you doing today?
0: I'm good. I'm good. Now, let's get into the origin story of Joel, someone, because I feel like I know bits about your story, but I want to sort what of piece you know? it all together a bit. <laughs> oh, come on. I've known you a little while now. <laughs> I, we've had the pleasure to meet.
1: Well, that's one of the things I like, too, is I got to meet you in person when in London, remember?
0: I've met you twice in London, um, but the first time was years ago. You were in town with Marco in Napoli, mm-hmm. and then last time during the pandemic, I think, as well.
1: Yes. Um, so, sorry, I, I pushed away origin story, Joel. Someone, I'm a. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I know, right? I'm 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 really good at pivoting conversation. I'm I'm the type of person I'm like. Let's talk about you. <laughs> no, I'm going to ask you the questions. Let's start with <laughs> growing up.
0: What was your relationship with your body like when you were growing up? Were you comfortable getting naked in front of people?
1: No, not at all. But I loved locker rooms, and I loved places where people did get naked because that's where I could see naked people. But personally, for myself, I was very uncomfortable. Um, I, I don't know if people have noticed it because they've seen me naked. I have a birthmark on my penis. And that paired with a lot of weird childhood sexual trauma um, has made it to where there was always kind of like a hunger for sexuality and kind of sensuality, and nudity, and just this desire for the erotic, but also a deep fear of it. And so I uh, even though I loved being in spaces like that, where I'd be like, oh, my, there's this naked, there's it's naked people. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm going to get to see this person naked. What? Even though that I, I you know what I mean? It was definitely like a thrill, but it was something that caused me great anxiety my body in general. Yep. And that equation between
0: sort of sex and fear and nudity and fear, how did that sort of shape your sexual development your exploration of your sexuality? That must've been a bit of a head fuck.
1: Oh, totally. Well, and I, you know, I had two very like happily married heterosexual parents, which gave me like such a codependency complex with relationships. Um, I always thought I needed to have that other person who would complete me and give me that kind of like power couple vibe. Like, it was us and them and we take on the world. And um, that definitely set me up for some failure because I also was not <laughs> able to kind of like figure out what I wanted sexually. Like I said, in those moments, even just as like a young kid wanting just to see nudity and sex, I obviously became obsessed with pornography. Like pornography was a huge teacher to me because that was the only place I could ask questions that weren't wrong. Like you know what yeah, I mean? You the- get
0: you get a specific type of answer with pornography, don't you? Like it's oh yeah, you know, it's it's one source of information, but it's not
1: necessarily
0: the most balanced source.
1: <laughs> oh, it's not at all, and it's actually and when you're it's not great when you're really young because it uh it made me very self conscious. Like it made me feel like watching people who look like that. I was like, I don't look like that. I don't know anyone who looks like that. What is, like, you know what I mean? Is that what that is? To enjoy sex? I have to be that? Also, because
0: when you think about the guys that you're watching in porn when you're growing up, and you'd have to say that there's been a a bit more diversity in sort of the world of porn, you know, the way that OnlyFans has sort of democratized all that process, you wouldn't have seen guys that looked like yourself in porn, because you don't look like an 80s porn star kind of thing. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely.
1: No, absolutely. And I'm not that old.
0: <laughs> I wasn't, uh, no, that's just, that, that's my experience. I'm projecting.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, and, and, and I tease, I tease in the sense that I, I play a dad. I play, I play a man who's, whose ages varies in the mindset of like 35 to 50. Like I, I can't, you know what I mean? I'm in kind of like an acting kind of period where you, you I have a, a an age that you don't really can't really put your finger on but you want to project which i i doesn't bother me i tease i tease when i say i'm not that old because i that's also something i would never say during sex i'm like i'll be whatever the fuck you want to i play remember older. can definitely play out <laughs> well, well you know there's a scene from that that show Big Mouth where one of the like the child characters whenever he has sex he's like yeah i'm a 40 year old man i'm a 40 year old man with a job and it's just that's what I feel like. I'm like,
0: yeah!
1: Oh, yeah, I'm a 40-year-old man with a job! <laughs> I love
0: that show. That show was so twisted. <laughs>
1: so t-
0: uh, you know what? I wish th- I
1: would have given anything to have that when I was growing up. Oh, my goodness. Such a good I know, right? Balance. Just the way it
0: talked about sex was, like, mind-blowing. Like, yeah. Matter of fact, playful. Yeah, but, yeah, funny as well, though. Anyway, I want to um, flip back to... <laughs> pivoting. To <laughs> I want to go back to, uh, you mentioned in an interview we did a while ago about how you got your start in the world of adult entertainment, and you said you were drawn to the work of Mormon Boys and Family Dick uh, because that's what your escorting clients were watching, and that's what they were subscribing to. But I wanted to sort of get into how you sort of got your start in the world of escorting. Like, when did that sort of emerge?
1: So that was actually, before I became a porn actor, how I got into sex work, and it's weird. I almost call like sex work, porn, just this type of career, almost a calling. Like when you kind of start to meet more and more people, whether it be male, female, any gender identity, you, you find it's a calling that, that when they finally get here, whether they started at a younger place or whether they kind of managed to find their way here, you it kind of all roads lead to it. And so when I first, my first time i had ever seen the possibility of sex work i I had never seen it in new mexico i grew up in new mexico and so the only idea of hookers i had was like comical tv pimps and hoes and then girls who stood outside the truck stop holding big gulps and oversized shirts like you know that's the only idea of sex work i had ever seen in my life and so one day a studio was coming through um new mexico and i won't say the name of the studio but um he, he was this person who would drive cross country, and he would have sex with uh, with uh, performers, and he had like a little crew that he would send out to go fuck all the locals. And it was and it was kind of like I, he came to town. And I was, like, oh my god, <laughs> it's the big time. <laughs> this is the, me, those guys are in a porno now. Meanwhile, meanwhile, now I know, but like <laughs> at that time, it seemed a lot bigger than it actually was, especially in my little small town life. And I remember he banged like two of the most beautiful guys in the entire world. And at the time I wasn't as like put together and really had an appreciation of my body or looks or anything, but still, I reached out with every bit of like my courage. I was like, hey, um, I pieced together a bunch of photos of me. Am I good enough to do porno? And he responded very shortly. He said, you are over 28 years old and you do not have apps. And I remember like, okay, I really appreciate the constructive feedback. Thank you for the feedback. <laughs> I, I, And so my life is like an I Love Lucy episode. I don't take no very well. Like, you know what I mean? Ricky, you're going to put me in the show. You're going to. You're putting me in the show. Anyway, so I then found out all those boys were technically for sale as well. Like part of uh, getting to do the cross-country thing is you kind of hoard them out like a madam as well. And I hired one of them, like thinking, oh, I was like, you know what? This is just the way I'll go hire one of these guys. He'll meet me. He'll like me. Because when you meet me, you'll like me. You'll like me. How can you not? Exactly. Yeah. Right. And sure <laughs> enough, uh, that didn't work out either. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I spent $250 on probably the most bored sex worker I had. I had. I Well, it was the first one I had ever hired. But I could, yeah. I left that experience being like, you got paid 250 bucks to do that? That was literally... All of my fu- that's all of my fun money for the month that is literally all of my fun money for my pathetic job i uh-huh. could do this way better and earn some money is and and not make someone feel like they're a piece of shit for wanting my attention like this you know what i mean yeah 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 and so i uh i then put my i then signed up to Rentman and started my own profile and uh yeah i was one of two profiles in in New Mexico, the whole state of New Mexico on Rent Men. And that's how it began. And I got really successful at it. And I was really blessed because you know what? I did do it better. I did it really good. And I was getting a lot of praise and approval and it felt really good. It's so much so that I was able to move to New York with this, which was like the biggest dream. Like years of working retail and years of, of, of like school never got me remotely close to even remo- believing I could move to New York City. And sure enough, here I have a job that I am able to scrape together enough money to live like a human in New York City. And so I I sold every item, every possession I had and got the fuck out of New Mexico.
0: You mentioned that it was sort of, you know, felt like a, a calling or that it feels like a calling when you talk to, to sex workers and things like that. Is that around, you know, that people are, really have that need for intimacy that they find really hard to fulfill in, you know, many different ways. And, and I always think that sex workers play such a hugely valuable role in actually allowing people to feel intimacy that they may not be able to feel otherwise. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, absolutely. It, it's, a, it's a form of control like being able to be a sex worker and or hire a sex worker there's forms of control there like you know what i mean I, I i i the only way i could say there's something kind of like 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 similar to it is like the first time i had sex with a woman i had no idea how i'd ever have sex with a woman i had no idea how i was gonna do it. i have no idea how how men fuck women i don't know like you know what i mean like the whole process of making it happen no idea but the second- Also, I was you did off, this on camera as well. This is like your first time was filmed- With a for woman. For everyone to see. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. And and I knew that would be the way to make it happen. Like, I don't um. want to be this awkward, bumbling doofus. So I'm like, hey, woman, um, <laughs> how, how are we going to make this work? Like, you know what I mean? I, I, I wanted to have sex with a woman. I wanted to have that experience. I also am a huge exhibitionist. So the idea of like, even if in my folly, Even if I fuck this up, even if it's terrible, it'll be filmed. I'm okay with that. There'll still be content. There will be content. There'll there'll be something. Someone can masturbate to it. Someone and someone, you know, someone will. (laughs) will. I'll start a whole new genre. I'll start a whole new genre. Gay boys, fucking girls and how awkward it is. And it will be. And it catches. and And you know what? Quote me. Like, I, I'm putting it into the ether. Seven Manifest years that. From now, seven years from now, that's going to be a whole site. Gay boys fucking girls. It's going to be huge in the South for some reason. Like, it, But that's, you You know, that's not the nature of porn. Like, these fetishes come out of nowhere. They come out of people's creativity, trauma, and stupidity. Um, you touched briefly
0: on, uh, you know, how you're constantly playing daddies in, in the, the studio films that you're filming. And, you know, those role play fantasies really get to you know showcase your character work what is it about the storytelling aspects of those role play sort of scenes that appeals to you
1: well I you know it's hard because I'm a very earnest person I've had I've had to kind of get to this place of like honesty with myself because really what I do is something that if I talk to the 10 year old version of myself and said this is the path you're going on he would thought you're bullshit Oh, shit. you stand <laughs> you're in the locker, you're hiding in the locker room changing because you don't want to see anyone, anyone to see the dime size birthmark on your penis. Are you kidding? Like you know what I mean? So it, it's funny when I do these type of roles of playing a parent or a brother or just someone who has a placement of control or a placement of respect and loyalty, it's kind of psychodrama to me it's kind of like recreating a parent that didn't make me feel guilty about my sexuality. It's kind of like Uh, having someone I could be honest with about, like I get to be that person. I get to embody that person that I wish existed in my life. Yeah. And as I'm looking at that person I'm performing this role for, I see the silly little cartoon twinkle in their eyes. I see, I see, I see myself. I see myself laying there. I see myself gasping and just prepared for whatever was about to happen, and scared and excited, excited beyond belief. Exactly, yeah. yeah you know yeah. what I mean. And so it's recreating those roles is a huge taboo. It's really weird for some people. I remember, and uh, you know, it's hard because I remember growing up, we I grew up in the smoke of HIV and AIDS, and uh, you know what I mean. I didn't know anybody who died of it. I didn't know anyone who even had it. But at the same time, I knew to deeply be afraid of gay sex because that's what it represented. And so living in rural New Mexico, I actually kind of had a pause fetish for a while, like because watching Treasure Island media when you're really young and not having any explanation of it. So every time you ejaculated to this thing that you were creating a narrative of in your head kind of drove the car harder and harder into, into what's going on. And so... I've, I would masturbate to this stuff and see people who are having unprotected sex and I was anxious for them. Like, I'd be watching them have bareback sex and I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, they they don't know each other, da da da, da. Like, I was yeah. more anxious for the performance, but then I would come to it. Like, then I would ejaculate and I'd get that feeling afterwards, that feeling like I wanted to shower. Like, what did I just watch? <laughs> and when can i watch it again <laughs> when can I, well that was after i gave myself a good shame shower all right after the shame shower we'll get back to it. but if you when you're young enough and you're kind of gullible enough you sometimes believe that you're a bad person from it and i guess this is what the future now i don't need people to know that i like this terrible thing da, da, da. until you and, and with any luck you get older and you meet people who are hiv positive and you realize very quickly it's a very dumb fetish it's a yeah. very kind of it's abusive fetishization of a person. And so I was thankfully able to go in and and have this fetish of mine ripped apart. But uh-huh. the real truth of this fetish was it here's what it connected to. It connected to a lot of things. It connected to my kind of like fatalization of relationships. Like I am the t- I am a Romeo and Juliet type. I like the idea of us having something that bonds us that was it also will kill us. And so, of course, uh, having a pause fetish is like, you know, getting bitten by fucking Count Chocula, jo- 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 Count Jacula. <laughs> in the sense that here is that person who turns me off. Like, as, yeah, yeah. as I describe it, it sounds all the more ridiculous, which I'm happy to, uh, I'm able to make it ridiculous because it was. But since I wasn't able to speak to this thing, it was just a dirty, terrible secret that was inside of me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Same could be said about incest fetish. Same could be said about religious fetish. Same could be said yeah. about age play and, and regressive. Uh, sexual kind of things just explore
0: that a bit more though because you're right this you know fetishes are kind of weird in their own way but you're exploring those taboo fetishes because that's what people respond to uh, and you know there's obviously a huge market for those but just, why do you think that is just because it is a, a bit of a kinky taboo kind of fantasy that people are a bit embarrassed but really get off on kind of
1: you know I, I it's hard to say I also remember the power of it. Like, I remember how powerful, like, seeing my first Family Dick scene was. Like, seeing yeah. LeGrand bring Austin. Like, seeing Austin being brought to LeGrand, the doctor, and be like, yep, yeah, his dad's bringing him to a doctor that's going to do stuff in front of him. Like, uh-huh. the the whole scenarios in my mind were just running and just like, I don't know why I, need, I wanted that. But, it, it, you know, I think in these consensual spaces... And with people that like are willing to kind of go to the- there, I think it's fine. I think it's safe. It's safer than performing. You know, totally I think it's
0: a really safe space to explore. It's just, I just think it's interesting, the popularity somehow,
1: but anyways, that's probably not for now. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, it's, I, 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 I'm also the type of person that I'm very honest. I'm an artist. I'm the type of person that really wants to show my brush strokes. Like I want to, sh- like if I fuck up, you can see it. If I, if I, I'm acting silly. I don't mind it. You know what I mean. I don't mind showing my humanity. I just don't. It's it, it's yeah. it's honestly what I wished for. Like this is yeah. a, this whole career is a love letter to a younger version of myself. Do you find it a bit therapeutic then? Because you talked about how when you're playing
0: those characters and you're effectively playing them to you, your younger self, is is that somehow I don't know? Is that helpful? Is is that does that sort of help you figure out that like because you in the way that you have almost it feels like a therapeutic process to me
1: yes absolutely absolutely because i think with anyone who who kind of has repressive sexual behaviors you also get in like parts of your life case of the buckets A case of the Uh i don't care about anything anymore i'm gonna fucking fuck every dick and take every load and just you get to those places where you know what i've been holding this down so much that it's crawling from my skin like, I, I, I'm, like, crawling out of my mind. And so I went from being this person who was very non-sexual, who'd only watch porn that made gave me great anxiety, to then all of a sudden fucking everything and anything <laughs> I could get my hands on. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I, it, it was a pendulum that swung so hard. And I've yeah. noticed that about my life is that there are lots of kind of like times in my life where I go from being one thing to wanting to be something completely different. And my sexuality has kind of been part of that. So I just remember before I became a sex worker, I was really like, um, and I don't mean to constantly reference television, but I'm sure you've seen Fleabag, right?
0: Oh yeah, obviously, yeah.
1: When she talks about how she she knows she has this expiration date on her head where she's just like getting out there and fucking everything. And I remember... I had lost a lot of weight from like a serious sciatic injury in my right leg that like, fucked up my life for a year. Like my a year of my life was this kind of like awful time of just being in pain and anxiety that when I got out of it, I was skinny. And then all of a sudden I had all this life I could leave. Like I no longer had pain and I was being seen a different way because my body had morphed into something else. And people suddenly really liked what I morphed into. Like I, I was suddenly like being seen as a sexual creature and I didn't know how to manage it. I fucked everything and ev- everyone and everything. Like <laughs> every blank moment. profile <laughs> yeah. in New Mexico, like every blank grinder profile. I didn't care which one it was. I went everywhere. And, you know, at the, it, it, it came right back to that place where I was when I would masturbate. I'd all of a sudden afterwards be like, I fucked the meth head. Ugh. The shame shower. Yeah. Uh, it was interesting. It was interesting walking into their weird house and getting like to see this existence of this person. Um, But I'm at the dirty place now. I I did a bunch of things I I didn't want to do because I'm overly polite as well. And I want to wash this feeling off and and get something to eat.
0: (laughs) Right. Talked about how you playing daddy characters. I was wondering, uh, have you fully embraced the daddy persona, the daddy identity, or is that just a
1: character that you put on for the cameras? Uh, I guess so. I, I guess so. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's it's hard because, like, I, I love, I'm versatile. And when I top, I definitely, like, there's a certain form of control I take in my videos and in my, my performance as a top. But when I bottom... I go right back to like making faces, like young boy, like. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah, you make good sounds as well, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like I, I think of, I remember Armand Rizzo would make the like, <laughs> and I remember love. People always bitch and moan about my noises too, but I'm like, it, you know what mean? So I mean. I love. That's why I make them, but it, it, but it, you know what I mean. So it's it's when you say take on the daddy role, I think of someone like an like a adam russo or like a will tantra i think of someone who's just this sexy silver-haired creature who's just like full-on dad like yeah. um like full-on tv dad and i'm getting yeah. there i have the silver sides um you know I, I i think i'd probably do better if i just did like if i i so it's hard for me to say i i guess maybe i i don't i don't really know i uh yeah, I, I'm trying to just be like the most earnest version of myself. I feel like if I did put on the dad role, it would be kind of a little bit thick for me. Like it'd be like becoming like Bob Saget in, uh, in Full House kind <laughs> of thing. Like, hey, like, you know, I, 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 I'm not about putting on too heavy of a persona because nice. once you do, you have to live on it. And just, you'll hear people's voices in in porn and you're just like, that's not your voice. What's this? Like, I remember uh, when I first started, I would do gang bangs a lot. And gang bangs are the funniest thing in the world. They're, they're hilarious. I used to think they were, and they are hot. They are hot. Hot to watch, definitely. Yes, yes, they are. And I remember loving them growing up because the idea that there's this one person being sacrificed to these really scary tops <laughs> is just so cool. Oh, he—he he is the sacrifice. Wheel him in. But like when you're there, it's a little performative because you know we're faggots, we're gays. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> and just seeing like a group of like burly men. Like I I, I remember whenever, I, I don't have any tattoos and I've always used, to, and if anything, I used to fetishize tattoos when I was like a young boy. I used to think, oh man, look at, look at all these treasure and island, like former inmates. Like they all look like they're just out of jail. Like they're so intense looking. And then when you actually do it, you realize they're just all like little gay boys from Brooklyn. And <laughs> all of their tattoos are Atlantis Morissette lyrics. Like, which is fine. Which is totally yeah, fine. Totally valid.
0: Totally valid, but just not quite the fantasy.
1: <laughs> not quite the fantasy. And, and then when you do those scenes, the, that's the best part is doing those scenes. They'll all be like complaining about RuPaul's Drag Racing and, and like <laughs> gluten beforehand. They're like, uh I just changed over to like gluten-free hot dog buns. And then the second they bring the bottom in, all of them are Morocco steel. All of them. All of them like, bring the boy." Yes. <laughs>
0: I'll never be able to watch another gangbang scene again, I think <laughs> sorry about it. I'm really sorry. Do you enjoy watching your own scenes back? Do you find it weird to see yourself having sex in that way, or is that something that you can appreciate?
1: So it's funny because like in my personal life, I, I never I don't answer yes or no with anything. I'm sorry. I'm such a douche. I'm realizing like every answer has like a Jimmy Stewart long story about it. it's like that makes you the perfect
0: podcast guest, I think. <laughs> right. Like
1: yes. <laughs> Next question. <laughs> <No>. <laughs>
0: Um, you
1: know, I I think of myself as almost like a Pinterest porn star because I watch porn and I see things that I think are so cool. Like I'll see people do stuff or camera angles and I'll be like, oh, I like that. I like that a lot. That looks cool. That looks impressive. Like, I, like I'm like i impressed by that. Look at the way he's doing that. And so um, I, I first of all edit all my own porn. And so I have to watch it at least once. And if I do a lot of editing, I've probably watched it like 10 times. So I'm definitely over it. By the time I'm like done editing, uh-huh. um, so yeah, I, I do, I do watch my stuff. It's funny because like if I'm really like exhausted and I put a lot of work into something, I, I like throw my hands up in the air. I'm like, I don't know what's good anymore. I, I have no eyes. All I yeah. see is porn. It's I'm all dick terror. blind. Exactly. <laughs> I'm dick blind. Could how does someone masturbate to this crap? Oh, you're such a hack, Joel. Someone. <laughs>
0: Um, I guess my final question is if someone was interested in exploring the world of adult entertainment, what advice or guidance would you give them?
1: I get this a lot.
0: I get this a lot, a lot. I'm very
1: happy to be so damn approachable. Um, <laughs>
0: <laughs> Who do you get it from though? Do you get it from people wanting to start out in the industry or yeah, where does that request for advice
1: come from? It comes kind of everywhere. Well, also I'm everywhere. I'm one of those people that I like putting myself in places. I'm I'm relatively approachable. Like, if you want to get a hold of me, you probably could. Like, even though I do have kind of inboxes full of nonsense and ADD, um, I, if you wanted to get a hold of me, you probably could. So that's one of the reasons people definitely reach out to me. Another reason is I'm, um, I am kind of the everyman porn star. <laughs> like, like there are parts of me that, yeah, you know, I am fit, I am attractive, but at the same time, I'm, uh, I could be the everyman. Which, you know, and earlier in my career, I got kind of sick of hearing weird, passive-aggressive compliments in that regard. Uh, which I get, them. I, think it, it, I get them. It is such a compliment, though, isn't it? I think it's the
0: realness of it, somehow. Like, it just feels like, oh, that is a real experience, and that's a real guy having real sex, is, is what you sort of project somehow.
1: It's hard, because... It doesn't feel real for me. It feels like such like like when I say that. No, well, no, no. I say I say yeah, this yeah, yeah. in the sense that it's hard when people like compliment me on my like earnesty and realness. Where I'm like,
0: <laughs> really?
1: <laughs> oh, thank, thank you. you think that's They're like, real? <laughs> yeah. you just you're just you're just so like regular and kind of like plain and basic. And it's just amazing how just like I'm like. Thanks. I thought I looked just like this dude. It's my porn star fantasy, right? It's like that lineup of all the muscle bodies, and there's the one white dude who's really out of place. He really believes he belongs. there. That's me. That's me. I'm that dude. I'm that one who's like, when you pick me out of the crowd, I'm like, whoa. What are you talking about? But um. I, uh, anyway, anyway, sorry, not, not to just fill it up with damn jokes. Um, <laughs> What's the advice that you give to There me? we go. That's the damn question. <laughs> uh, the advice I give to people is, you know, you need to have a real good understanding of who you are. Like, you need to have kind of an appreciation for what this is. Like, go full on. Don't, don't pussyfoot in this. Don't tiptoe in. Just dive in. You know you want to. You know what I mean? Like, it's don't be afraid of it. Um, it's, it's not going to cast a die. That's going to ruin your life. Uh, you just really own it because the more honest you are about this, if you really want success in this business, it's going to require it. Like, you know what I mean? Unless you have like a 26 inch long penis and you can wear a mask and be, you know, the tentacle monster penis that just comes in and fucks people. And you, you, you could be that you can get famous from that. Just, just also know that's all you'll be to those people. You will just be the long penis. And that gets very tiresome. You know what I mean? Sometimes if you put yourself too deep into any type of fetish, like, for instance, if I didn't like the daddy fetish, but made tons of money from it, I that's soul crushing. Every time someone calls me daddy, I'd be like, no, no, yeah. I'm not a daddy.
0: I can do much more. But yeah, no, all we want is this. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So like, I, I I tell people that, like, you know, good, bad or ugly, whatever you want from this, put it out there. Like, there's stuff that I did really well in, but I won't do any. Like, I don't like cuck scenes. I, I tried them. I tried a bunch of them. I don't like humiliation. I don't like pain. I don't like people to feel diminished whatsoever in sex with me. I don't want someone to feel lesser than when they're being intimate with me. That's something that fucks with me and I don't like it. That being said, the few times I have done stuff like that, it's done very well. Because clearly, yeah. uh, clearly I'm a person who doesn't like it. You see the the mental gymnastics I'm doing are really kind of fucking with me. That's odd to somebody. Someone enjoys that. And the, I guess in that fetish, they really like that. Yeah. Do things that feel good. You know what I mean? This all feels good. This all feels whole. This all comes back to me in a way that I am not embarrassed by. My family knows what I do. I fully went and owned this. That's very good advice. Thank you, Joel.
0: That brings us to the end of this episode. You can find me on Twitter at GTV London. Today's guest has been Joel Someone. You can find him on Twitter at Joel Someone One. That's Joel Someone and then the number one. Stay naked, stay sexy, and we'll see you next time. Bye.